Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. It is good to see everybody's faces this morning. Some new faces, praise God. Praise the Lord. Anybody love Jesus today? Gloria a Dios. Thank you, Jesus. Gracias. Señor. Thank you. Well, happy Easter, everybody. Happy Resurrection Day. Feliz Pascua. Today is the Super Bowl of Sundays for church. <laughs> Hoy es el Super Bowl de los doming- domingos para la iglesia. Sí, amén. Más probable no te veré hasta la próxima Pascua o la Día de Madre. Should I translate? Somebody say yes. Listen, it's good to see you, but chances are I probably won't see some of you until next Easter. Or maybe Mother's Day. (laughs) I'm just being honest with you guys. See, the one thing that you don't want a pastor to do, what a lot of people uh, accuse pastors of doing, is lying to them. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. And I'd rather have you hate me for telling you the truth than love me for lying to you. I will not have your blood on my hands. Amen. Amen. But seeing that you are here today tells me that you have some sort of knowledge, belief, or some kind of honor for Jesus. Porque esta aquí hoy tienes un conocimiento, una creencia, o honor para Jesucristo. Or you might be here out of tradition. Otra vez es tradición. But before we go on to celebrate this day, antes de celebrar el día... Let's be reminded of why we're celebrating. We are celebrating because Jesus rose from the grave. Not only did he come back to life, but he came back with power. The Bible says that Jesus now ascended into heaven and he is seated at the right hand of the Father with all power in his hands. That's great news that our king is not dead. No está muerto. Jesucristo vive. Con poder. Y autoridad. He's raised with power and authority. And we serve a God that has that power and authority. Not a God that sits so far away, but a God that is with us and in us. Jesucristo no resucito de entre los muertos para su beneficio. He didn't raise for his benefit. Lo hizo para nuestro beneficio. He raised for our benefit. So let's take a look at some scripture today and see about the resurrection. Amen. Turn to Juan. Juan. Turn to John 11, 17 through 26. Amen. And it reads, if you guys don't have your Bibles, you can look up here on the Sky Bible. I just want to encourage you guys, if you have a cell phone, 
You can download the Bible in almost every language, every version, because, look, I'm a man, and I'm just like you. I've been known to do typos sometimes, just being honest. And if you guys are going to sit here and not study for yourselves and just go by what's on the board, you can be fooled. I'm not asking you to trust me. I'm asking you to read the word to see if what I'm saying is so. Let's do this. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Sounds familiar. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus looked at her and said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, shall live again. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Now, let me give you a little background on our scripture here. Jesus and the disciples, they were all hanging out somewhere near Jerusalem when they received the news that the one that Jesus loved, his cousin, Lazarus, was sick. Jesus Jesus immediately said to the apostles, he said, look, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Now, after waiting two days after receiving the news, Jesus decides to go to Judea, which happens to be in the opposite direction of where Lazarus is. So we're seeing that Jesus, somebody that Jesus loves dearly, he gets the news that he's sick, enfermo, and then he goes the other way. Ah, this sounds a little odd here. Usually when we pray to God, we want him to come and show up in our situation. But here God gets the news directly, answers back and says, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, and he turns around and goes the opposite direction. Man, I don't know about you, but have you ever been in a situation that was on the verge of dying. Yeah. It seems as if your prayers aren't being answered. And even worse, it seems the more that you pray, the further Jesus is getting from you. You're like, God, I need you in this situation. And you just think that he's going to answer your prayers because you heard him say, I got you. But then you look at the situation and the situation gets worse. Anybody in here like that? So as Jesus starts on his way back to Bethany, you see that Lazarus, to go see Lazarus when he is met by Martha, one of the sisters of Lazarus. And he said in this statement in verse 21 and 23, she said, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would have not died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said, your brother shall rise again. Let me just pick this apart real quick because this is one of the problems we have as Christians. One is she said, Jesus, if you just would have been here. We forget that Jesus is omnipresent. He's everywhere. I believe the writer of Psalms, David, said, where can I go that you're not? 
if I made my bed in hell, you are there. So we get this, this mindset of God not being in places as if he's afraid to be in places. Like people say, well, God can't be in the presence of sin. No, sin can't be in the presence of God. We got that backwards. God is everywhere. There's places I've walked and I could just feel the presence of, of unclean spirits. And I, I can't sit down and say, God isn't here. No, God is there because when I entered into that place, I brought him with me. Guys, don't get me up here preaching. It's not a preaching day. Hallelujah. She said, oh, if you only had been here, he wouldn't have died. See, there's other scriptures, watch this, that Jesus didn't have to be there. The centurion himself understood that Jesus could go anywhere because Jesus said, look, my servant is at home sick and he's dying. And Lord, I just want you to just heal him. And Jesus was getting ready to go. He said, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, you ain't got to go. I'm a man of authority, and I understand authority, and I know that you're Jesus, you're God, you have all authority. Just speak the word. Just speak the word, and I know my servant shall be healed. That's where we get God, send the word, and they shall be healed. God said he is healed, and in that moment, he was healed. Martha didn't catch the revelation. After walking with Jesus so long, there's some people in here that have been walking with Jesus for an awful long time and still haven't got the revelation of who Jesus is. Maybe maybe you've been walking with him so long, you still see him as the carpenter's son. You know, Jesus couldn't perform miracles in his own hometown because he was just the carpenter's son. So as she said, Even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. It's it's weird that as we tie this together with other scripture, we see that she is saying, Jesus, whatever you ask the Father, he'll give it to you. Instead of her saying, if I ask the Father in your name, it shall be given unto me, because if I abide in you and you abide in me, I can ask anything of the Father, and it shall be done. She had this wrong idea of who the resurrection was. She goes on to say, I know he will rise again on the last day. Then Jesus told her, yo soy la resurrección Y la vida. I am the resurrection and the life. You're looking for an experience. And that experience you're looking for isn't an experience, it's a person. By the name of Jesus, I am the resurrection. I am the life. I am the way. I am the door. And apart from me, there is no resurrection. Jesus was trying to tell her, without me, there is no life. Without me, you're already dead in your sins. Aparte de mí, ya está muerto en tu pecado. There are many dead situations and circumstances that we ourselves try to resurrect on our own. We try to resurrect our dead marriages, dead finances, dead relationships, and the list will go on. The problem We're trying to resurrect anything without the resurrection. Trying to raise anything without Jesus Christ is called the walking dead. If I'm trying to raise anything from the dead 
beside without Jesus, I could bring it to life, but it ain't going to be alive. Now, I need some of y'all to help me out that like to watch TV and sci-fi, all right? Don't, don't look at me like, you watch that ungodly stuff? It's okay. It's okay. I'm telling you right now. I get sermons from this stuff. So here we have a zombie they call the walking dead who imitates life. He walks like he has life, but he's still dead. He has no soul, but he's still moving. And, and in this body, it, it keeps walking. But if you notice, uh, uh, zombies, if you guys study zombies, zombies from a long distance look alive. But if we pay attention, they actually walk different. Some of you girls out there are dating zombies that walk like this. Yeah, don't, don't get me started. I, I, I'd imitate a girl, but I'm not doing nothing effeminate up here. I'm trying to tell you, listen, listen. So these, these zombies look like they have life. They're alive, but they're lifeless. And see, what we do as Christians, there's some situations in our lives that are dying. Maybe it's our finances. Maybe it's our relationships. Maybe it's, maybe it's just we're dying inside with depression and anxiety and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches have entered in and starts choking the word out of us, becoming unfruitful. And because we're starting to die, we try to resurrect our life through alcohol and through drugs and through, through sexual encounters. We try to resurrect our own lives to do things to try to make us feel better. But we, we feel alive in that moment, but we become zombies. We're alive, but we're lifeless. Do you guys realize that because they're zombies and they're the walking dead, they're still decaying? And zombies, they stink because they're dying flesh. Dying flesh. You ever been around somebody that stinks? I mean, you don't smell them, but their attitude's just stanky. Hey, just, I don't want to be around. There's people you get around. I don't even want to be around them. It's just... It's just this foul odor from them that I get. They just attitude is all wrong. The problem with zombies are in order for zombies to stay alive, they got to stay walking around. They got to eat flesh. I'm preaching. I'm, I'm preaching to myself, right? Zombies like to eat flesh. You ever meet fleshly people? They, they deal off of flesh, fleshly stuff. They, they, want, they want you to get in their flesh to make themselves feel better. So a zombie wants to turn you into a zombie so both of y'all can flesh out. Just eating flesh. Flesh plus flesh equals mess. So you got two people that are walking around zombies that think they're alive, but they don't have any life in them. And Jesus said, you have resurrected something without my authority, and though it's walking it's not alive. Praise God. God is calling us to resurrect those dead things in our lives, but through him. There's some of us in here right now that's struggling. We were struggling. There's some issues in our, in our lives. And it's because the reason why we're struggling is because we got our hands on it. 
We're, we're giving CPR to some situations that God said, I don't need you to give CPR. I need you to back up and speak life over it. I need you to let me get in control. I need you to give them the breath of life instead of pressing on their chest, instead of pressing on the chest of your finances, instead of pressing on the chest of your marriage, instead of pressing on your chest of depression. You need to go in and speak life into that thing. You breathe the breath of life. The breath of life is the spirit of God, and the spirit of God is his word because the word is spirit and life. You need to prophesy to your problems. You need to continue to speak life over them. That's putting life. The resurrection. He is the word because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among men. Lo, though I come in the volume of a book, he is Jesus Christ, the written word. We are taking too much time trying to speak our own mind, our own opinion, and do our own thing over a dead situation when God says, no, I'm the resurrection, and I can resurrect that issue, that problem, whatever you are worried about, I can raise it through me. Praise God. As we all know the story, Jesus went to the tomb, and he called Lazarus. He said, Lazarus, come forth, Tira. He said, come forth. And as you guys know, he was in the tomb four days with grave clothes on, dead and stinking. Some of you guys have some situations in here that you've already buried. You've given up on your marriage. You've given up on your children. You've given up on loved ones. You are saying that, look, I'm not going to get better. I believe what the doctor says. I got to do this for the rest of my life. I got to do that. You have already written an obituary for some issues in your life. The reason why God wants it dead and stinking is so that you can't explain your way out of it when he resurrects it. You buried it. You said your prayers. You, you mourned. You had a repast. You fried some chicken. Made some lasagna and spaghetti. Drank a bunch of Kool-Aid, red Kool-Aid. You said... Now it's time for me to mourn that which I lost. God said, my intention wasn't for you to lose it. My intention for you, with you was to get, that I would get glory out of this situation. I need you to see that the power that I have is greater than anything that you'll ever know. See, if it was close to dying and it came back and I brought it to life, you, would, you might say it was science. Or even worse, you might say it was yourself. But what if I called... Lazarus back, decaying, stinking, nasty, and he still had his grave clothes on, surely I could speak and say, your marriage, come forth. Depression, leave. Anxiety, you have no room here. He could speak to those situations and bring them back to life. Is there something in your life that you counted as dead? God wants to bring that situation back to life today. The reality of the resurrection isn't that Jesus just got up. The reality of the resurrection is the tomb is empty. God wants to empty out your tomb today. 
He wants to empty out your tomb of dead relationships, dead marriages, dead finances, dead situations, and dead circumstances. God wants to empty out your tomb and resurrect your life, not, to bring, not just to bring it back to life, but bring it back to life like he did, with power and with authority. If you brought something back to life and you think it was God, if it's not thriving, then it isn't God. How do I know? Because God said that I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. Whatever God brings back to life, he brings back with power and authority. I don't want to live lifeless anymore. I want to live with power. I want to let the resurrection, I want to let the life, I want to let the truth bring me back to life. Amen? Amen. Amen. You got to get I got some praise. Stand to your feet, please. God wants you thriving, not just surviving. Praise God. The Lord was speaking to me just now, and he said, son, you did well. Because the word game comes on in 10 minutes. Y'all thought I was about to get deep, huh? You guys are laughing, but as a pastor, I understand why people don't come to church. Nobody wants to come to church and sit all day. But I just believe that if I just give you the truth, unadulterated, to where you can understand it, you can take that truth and live it. Just, just by the power of God, just to be able to live that word. And today, the word of God was spoken. We know that we cannot try to resurrect things on its own. It's only through Christ Jesus. And today, God is calling you. I don't, you know, like I said, you, you may not, you might, we, we call them this. And I'm just being honest. We call them submarine Christians. Because they come up Easter, go back down. Come up Mother's Day, go back down. Then we don't see them again until Easter. That, that, no, no, no. I wish. The two most populated days of church is Mother's Day and Easter. You would think Christmas. Nah. Too many people are out shopping trying to buy presents and gifts. I'm telling you as a pastor. So what I'm saying to you is there's no condemnation in that, but I do want to tell you this. You're literally robbing people of you. You have a gift in you that everybody in here needs. We have lied to the church talking about, you need to come to church expecting to get something. No, we should all come to church expecting to give something. See, the, 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 the principle of God isn't give to get. It's give when you see a need. And then God says, I know your need before you can ask or think it. And he says, if you give, it shall be given unto you. So you don't have to worry about it. God gives seed to the sower. And I'm not just talking about money. Because you know what? To be honest, I want money, but I need more grace than I need money. Don't get me wrong. I mean, money, money, praise God. Hallelujah. Make it, you can take vacations with money, right? But you know what? I need the peace of God. I need the grace of God. I need forgiveness. I need, I need uh, all that more than I need anything else. And I need that. Watch this. The grace of God, the forgiveness of God, and the love of God is shown through you. It's shown through you. And it's not about being a 
part of a ministry, you know, the ministry that I belong to. No, it's about you showing up to church and loving on people. You may not be a part of some big ministry, face ministry, but you know what? How many people since I've been here seen my, seen my kidneys? You didn't, you didn't see my kidneys? But if my kidneys weren't in my body, I'd die. Some of you in here are kidney members of the body of Christ. We will die without you. Just because you see the face and you can see my hand, I can literally live without my hands. I can live without my face. I can live without a leg, but I can't live without my lungs. I can't live without my heart or a liver. That's why Paul said it's those commonly parts, those uncommonly parts we should give more honor to, the parts that we don't see. And see, some of you guys right here, the reason why the body of Christ isn't flourishing the way that God planned, like in the book of Acts where the church grew to 3,000 members in one day, is because we're so caught up in this consumer mindset that we're always trying to get. But if we come to church looking to serve our brothers, esteeming our brothers higher than ourselves, you know what? You'll never go without. That's what it said in the book with Acts. They gave up their possessions so nobody had need of anything because everybody's too busy trying to take care of each other, of each other. Some people may have a lot and some people may have a little, but they're all giving everything. Everything is equal across the board. The amounts might be different, but everything's always the same. That's what the church is about, and that's what God's calling you to. Now, it could be this church, because that's how we do it here at this church. We do life together. We love each other. We argue. We fight. Trust me. But we, we do what Matthew, Matthew 18 said. If I got a problem with you, I'm going to go to you and not some, uh, some prayer partner. Gossip. I'm just going to go to you. God, come here. Let me talk to you, because, you know, I got a problem with you. Settle it. And the person, listen, the Bible says you gain a brother. I, I don't know why I'm keep going on with this. I, I, I should have stopped. But this, God is speaking to somebody in here. There's church hurt in here. I can feel it. It's okay if your church hurt. You know what? How many people got offended at Walmart? You still go. You still go. You walk in there mad because they only got two lines open. I hate that coming to Walmart. They ain't never got. And you back the next day in your house shoes and pajamas. You offended at Walmart because they have something you need. You continue to go. I'm talking to somebody. God is not done with you yet. God is not done with you yet. He wants to bring you to a church to where you could thrive at, not just survive at. You're trying to resurrect your relationship with God and sitting in church, but you're doing it on your own and not with him. You're a church zombie. Praise God. And it's okay. It's okay because there's grace in the place. There's grace in the house. You know, the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. It's okay to fall. I'm not one of those churches where this is not a church where people point at you when you make mistakes. Because guess what? I make mistakes. I ask people, give me the same grace you want when you make a mistake. There's a lot. There's some churches around here just like that. But I know I can speak for the building. There's no other place like the building. That's all I'm saying.
Anyway, if you're in here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, praise God. This is just of a call. This is for a call of salvation. For salvation. This is not an embarrassing time. This is not a time to be ashamed. It's like what, what I want you to consider is this. If you're running a race and you're coming in first and you want a high side coming across the finish line. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you want to give your life to Christ. This is not a time to be embarrassed. This is a time to celebrate. You're coming across the finish line, raising your hand, saying, today is my day. This is the first race that I'm going to win. And that's the race from the, cro- the crossing the line from death to life. Is there anybody in here who want to give their life to Christ? Jesus Christ. Just raise your hand right where you're at. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.